0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Matthew 18, 1. Uh, we're going to read this, and then uh, uh, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 18, and verse 1. But Before I read it, while you're clicking, I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible in this series quite a bit because of the, the, the teaching I'm going to be doing Instead of just reading it, I'm going to be taking out some things. But I was looking in here, and it may not be any, but I was looking here. Is there a child in here that would volunteer? I don't think there are. They're all in Kids' Church Day, aren't they? Man, in my illustration, I may have to. Is there a child in here like a like a kid anywhere? I, I can't see. I'm sorry. Like a little one. That's got to be. No, not y'all. Y'all, I love y'all, but y'all teenagers. No. Crazy children. Is there, I mean, has anybody got a little kid? You got one? Stephen Daniel, you're not a kid. What? You were something else. All right. I don't see one. All right. So I'll, use, I'll just teach it, and I might, I'll use it next week. So um, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. So this is a story about Jesus and children. Now, out of the stories you're going to read in the Bible about children, uh, you will find Jesus mentioning a lot about children. Uh, God cares deeply for kids. Deeply. His heart is uh, very much open to children. And when we do what we do with kids, I want you to tell you this, something as, as a church family and as, your, as a parent. If you have kids at kids' church right now, I don't want you to ever think that it's babysitting, that the people over there helping and teaching and preaching to your kids, that they are just watching them while you're in big church, that it's just something we provide so you can have church. That's not what it's for. That we don 't babysit now, if you've got a nurse and I listen let 's just be if it 's a six month old or an eight month old and they, you, they' finally getting out of the car seat there's not a whole lot going on with that, but you know rocking, loving, changing some poop, diapers, and moving on, you know, but they do pray over them. all of our children where they pray over your babies, they pray in the classrooms. Once they get up into a middle I mean a, the uh, preschooler age, they start teaching your children not about David because he had five smooth stones. they teach them the principle behind the story. They are called children's ministers we say sometimes children's workers, but they're children's ministers of the gospel. And the role of that falls under the five-fold ministry gifts that Jesus gave to the church: apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, uh, evangelist, five different groups. They, they fall under, those ministries fall under that. What that means is when they're in those classrooms, they're teaching as either, maybe they're more evangelistic in their approach, maybe they're more pastoral, maybe they're whatever. It doesn't matter, but they are preaching from the anointing Jesus gives this church. They take a portion of that. Moses, when the Lord talked to Moses, he said, I want you to take the spirit that's on you and appoint it over, so I want you to put it on them. And I say that very strongly because I want you to understand they're not babysitting kids. I don't, whenever I hear people say that, I go, no, we're but we don't babysit. We're not babysitters. We are ministers of the gospel. And when I would do that, it would drive me crazy as a children's pastor. Man, I tell you what, you want to fire me up, call me a babysitter, or say we don't really, we're just watching kids. Man, I tell you what, used to, now I'm a little more calm now. i hate to tell you, I'm, I'm a lot more relaxed. But my prophetic stuff or whatever that is, it just rises up in you. Righteous indignation, whatever you want to call it, man. It just man, it would just woo. Because I thought you it, it devalues the 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 blessing of God on what they do. And it makes children feel like it's unimportant. Therefore, them just here I'm just here for the candy. That's not what we do. We minister the gospel to children. And why do I say that? Because Jesus said, and I'm going to teach them this later, but Jesus said, if you receive one of these such ones, these little ones, he's talking about children, if you see one, receive one of these in my name, you have received, oh, we don't read our Bibles this much, do Because we? we skip over this. If you receive one of these little such ones in my name, you have received me. Yeah. That is a big statement. When we open the doors over there for kids, we don't just open up for kids. I'm going to tell you something, the Lord of glory goes in there too. And Jesus is as much with your children right now in those classrooms as he is in here with you. His spirit is moving over there just like he's touching hearts in here. Now, don't ever think what's going on there is just candy and you know, jumping jacks. That's not what they're doing. They are ministers. Now, why do I say that so strongly? Because in Matthew 18, listen to what Jesus says. At that time... The disciples came to Jesus and they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And so Jesus called what? A child to himself and he set him before them. And he said, truly, I say unto you, unless you are converted and you become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's, uh, now on our screens, it doesn't show this, but that's not right anyway, but sorry, but I may be doing the wrong thing, but, but it's in red letters. That's not Jody. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. You may think, well, man, why don't receive the kingdom of heaven? What does that mean? Understand, there's a difference between salvation. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, seek ye first the kingdom of what? God and all these other things will be added into you. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, very much similar in their their conversations. But when Jesus talks about this, he brings a child to the system for his disciples. The disciples know who's the best. I mean, who's number one? Let's just be honest. It's Georgia right now. No matter what anybody tells you, it's the dogs. Just want to say that out loud because I didn't say it last week. But I just want to say one time, because my goodness, it's been 40 years and we're just having fun right now. Just let us alone. We might not get this for a long time. You know, anyway, just want to say, who's number one? Well, you know, that's what they want to know. Everybody has a favorite football team. Don't you want to, where do I rank? That's what everybody says. That's what they're saying. Well, where do we rank? And Jesus said, if you really want to be the best, you've got to convert yourself become like children. Well, really? Because children, i got three of them. And, you know, sometimes you hear what they say and you go like, ah, I'm glad you're not on your own right now. You know, that's just not going to work. I mean, i got the oldest one. She wants Louis Vuitton, Kate Spade, Gucci. I don't know if I say that right. I walked through the price tags. I, I went on a anniversary. Walked through a store, Louis Vuitton store. Louis Vuitton. Let me tell you what that means. In case you've never been to Louis, oh Louis, Louis doesn't need a big building like this. All Louis needs is about four hundred square feet. Cause, and this shelf is only one item per shelf. Cause Louis, it's like two and three thousand dollars for something. Sitting on the shelf, my oldest she wants Louis. I said, hey, "You, you, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you know, right now your budget. You and Louis don't get along, even on eBay. I don't think you can make it right now." Now, Kate Spade's a little cheaper. I realized that she, she, her stuff's a little bit cheaper, but still, I mean, mercy. And Haley said, "I don't, I don't have Louis Vuitton, and I don't have, You ain't getting anything." It so, <laughs> it's kind of fun conversation. But Jesus isn't talking about those things. He gives you the, the idea right next. He says, here's how, what a child does. Verse 4. Whoever humbles himself. Humble. Humbles himself as this child. He is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But... This is in red, and I want us to hear this. This is why we don't babysit. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone. For those of you who think Jesus is all love and doves and butterflies and rainbows or whatever, he has no response to anything in the world. Listen to what he's about to say. For those of people who would, it would be better for them to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. That's what Jesus said that's pretty strong. That's pretty strong, right? That's your Lord and your savior. The one that everybody says, well, Jesus is so kind. Yes, he's kind, but don't think he approves of people who hurt kids and don't think he's going to overlook it either. This, this whole tipsy-topsy idea of Jesus, like he just overlooks everything. That's not true. i tell you right now, scripturally, I can give you a hundred different verses on why it's not, But it's because people just want to make up their own rules in Christianity. And I'm telling you, this is what we follow. The word became flesh, dwelt amongst, but the word was from the, it was preeminent. The word, what he spoke is alive. We just sang that song that as he speaks, universes are created. When I was in school, the most we knew was Pluto. We thought that was it. That was the end of the world. Man, that's a planet. That's the planet. And it, my kid, it's not even a planet anymore. It's just like a gas or something. I don't know. There's nothing. They get this new telescope and they realize there's galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies. And we still have the audacity to believe that somehow it just happened. We were just built a telescope that made us prove that we were wrong about everything. We're ignorant people. We are just really dumb when it comes to things like this. But God, when he breathed out his mouth, let there be light. And it hasn't stopped yet. And everything he said in his word is true. And Jesus said, it'd be better. For a millstone is a big, huge stone that they would roll around and press the olives out. This thing is massive. Think, uh... I'm trying to think, a boulder. Okay, heavy. Tie the thing around somebody's neck, throw them in the depths of the sea. Not the lake, or maybe you could drag it out, the depths of the sea. Jesus said that because he cares about children. That's a side note. I could preach a whole different message on that, but we want to talk today about the the humility he was talking about. Why does this matter? It's the humility about children that he was talking about. and the illustration that I was going to use and and... I wanted to show you was with a child. He called the child up and the child just stood there. While he said to his disciples, you see this child, the child is the example. What is the example though that he's given to these disciples that makes it so important? It's because he called the child up and the child obeyed. The child didn't question. There's nothing about it in question. If, I mean, and it, it would work that in kids' churches. We do it all the time when we'd sit up with the kids. I'd say, all right, I need three people to, to come up with me right now. Come on, I need three people real quick. Real quick, come on up. and I, you Listen, it's like bonanza in there. It's crazy. They're like, ah, ah, me. i said, like, no, you got sit in your seat. Sit here, raise your hand, raise your hand. Ah, they're still like, pick me, pick me. They're going crazy because they just want to be a part of it. If you ask a room full of adults... If I was to ask right now, just for one of you, because you're a freak out, what's he going to do? I don't know. That's what goes through our heads as adults. I mean, Pastor Jody, who knows what he's going to do? He's kind of crazy. He might make me sing or play. I don't know. We question everything. Do we not? A kid doesn't do it. All they think is, man, it might be cool. I don't know. The humility is the side of obedience. Because kids are like sponges. We, they take anything. That's why they're so vulnerable. And why Jesus says it's better for someone to have a millstone thrown into the sea. Because they're so vulnerable. Children are... They're, they're, they're precious, but they are very vulnerable. That's why the whole point of us teaching as parents, we train children up in the way of the Lord so that when they get old, they won't depart. It's not necessarily, are they this great Christian worshiper? Like, whatever you're trying to see an example. That's not the point. The point is The training the teaching day by day so that they understand how to walk in life. But that is something because they're vulnerable. If you don't train up a child in the way that they should go, they don't, they don't stick. But I'm telling you, it's not about how good they were in their ups and their downs. It's like, do they come back? Do they understand? And I'm saying t- you, have got to l- hear this. It doesn't matter what you're seeing right now. Well, Mark here, don't listen. Shut up. Just Keep training. Well, you don't understand what it's like at my house. I don't need to know what it's like at your house. You're an excusiologist. You just want to make excuses of why this doesn't work. And I can show you house after house after house that has applied this to the life. And I'm telling you, their kids, they listen or they come back to the faith. They don't quit their kids. But people who quit on their kids, I don't understand that. Just giving up on them. Because listen, a child can tell when you give up on them. They know when you quit them don't quit your kids. No matter what they do, who cares? I'm going to pray for them babies anyway. And if I have to, knock a knot on that head. Whatever I got to do to control and help direct them better on that pathway, I'm going to do my best and pray that God does his best and help them out. The point is the training. These are all side notes, but listen, why is this so important? Because to be humble, is this, I'm going put on the screen for you. To be humble, it means to be brought low, to submit, and to get under. Can you guys put them on the screen for us there? I'm sure if y'all have that. Maybe not. Hey, let me ask you guys a question while they're looking for this. Is it warm in here? Sorry. Feel good? Okay. Yeah, anyway, just checking. It's warm up here. I just wonder if you guys warm up Man. Sorry, random. Squirrel? No. We don't have it, guys? Okay. It must be cl- crashing back there or whatever. All right. So the word humble means this. Just write it down or just hear me. It means to be brought low, to submit, or to get under. Children, for the most part, will obey. For the most part. I said, for the most part. <laughs> now, as a parent, and the true, it might take 40 times before they hear you. Because they hear you all the time. But someone who's not you, they typically hear a lot faster. Because they don't know what they're going to do. They're like, well, you know, listen to him, listen to her. Typically, for the most part, they, they listen quicker than adults. Believe me, that's the fact. I've been a kids pastor and I've been an adult pastor. I'm going to tell y'all something about y'all. I love y'all. But kids are much easier to manage. I'm just be honest. I love y'all. I do, I love you. But with kids, all you got to say, all right, boys and girls, today we're going to have fun. And I'm telling you, here's the rules. One, two, three, four. Number one, don't talk when the teacher talks, right? Every one of y'all, I'm telling you, I'll be talking. Y'all look at your hands like, <laughs> y'all talking when I'm talking. There is no mercy with adults, y'all. Yeah. Number two, I want you to sit up straight in your chair. Don't move. Don't wiggle them. Sit straight. All the kids sit up like this. Y'all know how many times y'all get up and move around in here? Y'all like cats. I mean, herding cats. <laughs> y'all can't sit still. Y'all got so much ADD going on. Stop talking about the kids. Everyone y'all got ADD. I swear. <laughs> y'all watching everything. It's crazy to watch. I'm picking, but just hear me out. We, we go through each one of these little rules, right? And then the fourth one is number four kids more than anything. The most important rule in this team today is to have fun. And I would make them yell, have fun. They're like fired up, but they're sitting in their seat like this. They can't move. Have fun, you know? And I say, and then in this class, if you pay attention, listen real close, you know your Bible verse. You're going to win some candy. What? I mean, I was just fire them up. And man, before I knew what I shouldn't do, I'd take candy when I first got started. I'd just sling candy. Whoa. Kids know they got to sit in their seat, and they're trying to just do like this. It's the funniest thing to watch, you know. There's really not sitting that long. All the boys jump up first. just getting all the candy they can. And I'll say, if you listen really good today, and I'm telling you, you sit up in your seat, and you watch this break my rules, whatever. at the end, I'm giving away a quiet seat prize. I'll do that every Sunday. And I had this huge, like, biggest piece of candy I could find, whatever we could afford. Sometimes it would be the big Hershey things, you know. Listen, brother, to a kid, that right there is a bar of gold. Big Hershey bar, like one of these, you're gonna win this. I mean, it's almost like they pass out. Huh. They, just, they lose it. They are so wired and fired up, and I know and all parents tell me, Why are you gotta give them all that candy? Listen, bro, you come and teach them with me for an hour. You do everything you got, every bag of trick you have, because the preacher sometimes goes over, and you gotta be prepared for all that long winded stuff. But children are much easier to do that. You can't do that with adults. You can try, but I mean, a bar of Hershey's isn't going to really move y'all a whole lot. Just saying. Some of y'all are like, well, I can't eat it anyway. I mean, it's just like downer to you anyway. I mean, maybe if some of them sugar-free things, maybe I can eat that, whatever. But my point in all that is say, children, they're quicker to, but adults, you can't manipulate it. It's totally on you to humble yourself. Now, as Jesus is talking about, let me give you this, um, this idea about Jesus real quick. Luke chapter 2 and verse 48. Jesus, before you think, well, what do you mean by humble? Watch what Jesus did through obedience. <clears throat> Jesus, his parents, they lost him. Okay? A little backdrop to the story. They lost. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing to lose a $20 bill, right? They lost Jesus. <laughs> do y'all understand the significance of that? I mean, you ever lost something? Maybe you lost your tithe check. Maybe you lost, like, I don't know, you forgot something important. You forgot to pay the electric bill. I don't know, whatever. You, you Something, you just did something really kind of goofy. They lost Jesus. I don't know of anything worse you could possibly do. I think Joe, the, 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 the theologian will tell you that Joseph probably died before Jesus was crucified. I, I, have you ever watched Sanford and Son? Y'all ever seen that? I, I have to ask this. Sometimes people don't ever watch. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Y'all remember Riff Okay. Totally imp- politically incorrect today. He would never make it today. My gosh. He, I mean, he criticized everybody, you know, Esther coming in here and called her. Anyway, I don't know. i just let it go. But he'd come in. You remember when he'd come in and Lamont would say something stupid or whatever? And he said, ah, oh, it's the big one. It's the big one. I'm coming home. You, don't, you remember? Okay. Anyway, you need to go Google some of it. It's totally politically incorrect now, but hilarious show. Loved it. Joseph. I mean, the, Mary's husband, Joseph, theologians will tell you, he more likely he was dead before Jesus was crucified if you lost jesus do you think it might have had something to do with that i mean the pressure on a parent with kids is enough if you had jesus in your house the pressure on you to get it right and then you lose him i'm just saying consider what just happened And then now, after you've lost him, you've come back, you've found him at the temple because he's asking great questions and people think he's really wise. And this is what they say to him. When they saw him, or when they found him, I think it would be a better thing to say, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, not dad, dad's just probably like, thank you, Lord. He just sat back on the camel, passed out, probably like, oh my goodness. Sorry, Lord, I lost him. I mean, you know, forgive me. Mama, though, don't care. Mama has no mercy. She goes in there, And she says to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Remember, they lost him. (laughs) Just saying, it's like being at the Walmart when they call, Uh, Jody Haggerty, please come to the desk, the guest services. Your daughter is here looking for you. Thank you. (laughs) How embarrassing, right? But who lost who? You can blame the kid all you want, but who's responsible for the child? Yeah, it's like the Mandalorian losing the child. It's a big deal. You can't lose a child. They did. And then Mary goes in there and says, why did you treat us this way? (laughs) Jesus just listens. Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. You know, you can hear a mama. Boy, I'm going to tell you right now. If you weren't Jesus, I would wear you out right now in front of everybody. But since you're Jesus, I can't. You know, it's like, (laughs) anyway. So Jesus says to them at about 12 years of age, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And verse 51, watch this though. And he went down with them and he came back to Nazareth and he continued in subjection to them. He humbled himself in obedience to them. And his mama treasured all these things in her heart. Bless her, Lord. And Jesus kept increasing. Now, he's Jesus, but watch this. He kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Because Jesus became a man. Yes, he was the Christ, not taken away from deity. But he came and became a man so he would understand what it's like to be you. Jesus had to humble himself just like you have to humble. I have to humble myself. Let me just say this about kids real quick as we move on. And why are you talking about kids so much? Because I'm going to tie it in with us here in a moment. There's only two institutions, biblically, that are called to train children. Only two. Number one, it's the house. It's your home. It's mama and daddy. And if it's mama, it's mama. If it's just daddy, it's dad. But I'm telling you right now, it's parental response. Number one, it's at the house. It's not the schoolhouse. It's at your house. My house. The number two organization is the church. Where, when they come to church over there, we pour into them the gospel. We teach them principles, though obey your father and your mother, for it will be well with you and it will cause you to have a long life. See, we teach those things. We back you up. You ought to say thank you. You're welcome. We backing you up, man. But listen, I'm telling you, the school is not qualified, nor is it ordained of God to train children. They are there to educate children and God bless them. Cause right now they can't educate for them to deal with all the raff. But I'm just saying they are not that God never intended for the school to be the organization to train our children to educate is one thing, but the training comes at home and it's backed up by your church. That's where it comes from. And you cannot yield that part to the school, to a neighbor, to a friend or that falls on you at your front step. When you open the door, it's on you. And it's on me and it's a burden, not a, not a weight, like a heavy thing, like a, like a, a bad thing. It's an important thing to feel the weight of that, that I'm responsible for them babies. And that's why I like little things like, you know, when people say, well, you know, you got pastor kids, you got past kids, you got it. No pastor kids can do nothing. My kids do what? My kids, I tell them, have fun. You have fun in this church. All you want to. Somebody tells you, you the pastor kid, you tell them, go see my daddy. I'll talk to you about a pastor's kid, a kid's kid, mechanic's kid, whatever. Doctor's kid, kids are kids, man, let them be kids. But the weight of it, right here, I ain't going around asking somebody, why don't you help fix my kid? It's my responsibility. And we ought to be the biggest example of it in the whole community is that we take responsibility for our kids. It doesn't mean they're perfect when they mess up, we deal with it, but it's on Who? Whose doorstep doesn't lie on mine, not, not the school. We ain't blaming the teacher. Well, the teacher won't teach them. That ain't their problem. I challenge everybody, if you think that the school ought to do more, go and sit and volunteer with a, with a teacher. And watch what they deal with in 30 minutes. <laughs> go see. Them. Go watch. They're having a hand wrestle one of them because they're jumping off their chair. Because school, nobody will do anything. They get a hundred chances. Kids throwing books at teachers, kicking teachers, biting teachers, hitting them with stuff. Well, nobody does anything. Well, you know, Johnny needs an excuse. No, no, Johnny needs to be kicked out. Amen. Until Johnny understands, you don't do that in life. Because when you get older, what happens? This is why you train your children. Because when you get older, Johnny, you can't throw books at people as an adult because they'll, th- they'll throw them back. And you might find yourself, there's always one bigger than you, little Johnny. But I'm telling you right now, that's the reality. Now, I know this is all side note stuff, but it's the truth. We should take responsibility. All right, so the church and the home. All right, What? my, my stuff's frozen on the screen, boys. Let me. See, what time is it? I keep <laughs> seeing the same time. Okay, now it's moving again. All right, now I'll show you what time it is. All right, here we go. <clears throat> real quick, let me show you a scale real quick on, on pride and humility. Do we have that picture of the scales? Let's see if we have that. If we don't, I'm just, oh, here we go. We're back online now. We must have froze up. All right. So, this is a scale. We, we measure, and what they would measure in the, in the ancient civilization, they put the weights on one side and they put the value of the item on the other. And so, if it was a coin, this is why the Lord is so frustrated with him. He called him, you measure with injustice. You do it with faulty weights and, and dishonest methods. They would put heavier, different methods in one side to make it look like your coin was the value because they weighed your, your money by the weight. It wasn't based on. Fiat, like today, like yeah, whatever. This real hard assets, you know. It was it was a real tangible money, and they would measure. This is what they do. In our culture, we use called Lady Justice, and she's a she's there, and she has the weight. She's blindfolded. Well, here's what I ask you: If you have humility on one side and pride on the other, in our lives, which one would you say has more weight? As a Christian, which one do you think we typically? have more weight. I'm going to use a Bible story to you uh, from 1 Samuel about the story of pride and humility. And I want you to, this is from 1 Samuel 15. This is the story of Samuel. He's now an older prophet. And the story of Saul, King Saul. Saul has gone out into battle like the Lord told him to do. He was given instruction to go into battle and then to destroy everything. And people, I don't have time to get in this, but there's all this talk about the Old Testament, why does God do all this stuff, whatever. Man, listen, when you have evil people, Something has to be done about it. You can't let evil people keep hurting people. And when the whole group is that way, there's n- what are you supposed to do? And this idea of people are criticized like military, well, they should watch out. They should know better. You, you have ne- if you've never been in a situation we have no idea what it feels like to be sitting over there in a the desert with your rifle on. And here comes a person with a backpack. And you're telling them to stop, and they're at, you know, 60 yards out. You stop, 50 yards, 40 yards, and they're coming straight at you with a backpack. And you're saying, stop. And they have them and 20 other soldiers right there with them. And we fought the soldier for having to pull a trigger. But he's had 10 other people with suicide backpacks on them go off. And the one wasn't, and they criticized him for the one that he made the mistake on Am I justifying? I'm just saying. Sometimes we have to consider what is it like to be in another person's shoes. I've never been in that. I don't know what it's like to have to feel that. But I can tell you this much: I'd be there to pray for him, help him any way I could, because God bless him for having to be in that situation in the first place. Now, why would I say that? Maybe because it's difficult to follow through with the instructions that you're given. Now, Saul had this thing that happened to him, and this is in Samuel, 1 Samuel 15. When Samuel approached him, he said, why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? But you rushed upon the soil and you did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, understand Saul was a king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord. And I went on the mission on which the Lord sent me. And he did. He did that. And I have brought back Agag, the king of Amalek. He did that. Remember, he was supposed to destroy everything. The king, the livestock, the groceries. <laughs> He's supposed to go in there and just, everything's gone. But he brought back the king. And he said, I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But, watch this, guys. But the people took some of the spoil. The spoil means they took some of the goods. They saw some silver and some gold and some rubies. Hey, you know, they, they took some of the spoils. <clears throat> The sheep and the oxen, so they took some livestock, and the choices of the things devoted to destruction. That would have been some very valuable gold, probably some very expensive stuff. Not just the jewelry, this probably been there, very valuable, in their, maybe in their safes in the, in the city, you know, town square or whatever. But he says, they took some of these things, the people did it, that were devoted to destruction. So he knew they were supposed to be destroyed, but they took it anyway. It's kind of like, you know, Achan in the Bible. That same thing happened to him. Joshua, and they destroyed everything and they lost because why? This guy took back some stuff, hid it under his little rug. So God says, or Samuel says, uh, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion, watch this, guys. For rebellion is as the sin, my translation says divination. A more modern translation our coach, would be witchcraft. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And insubordination, we know what that means, is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. didn't mean that he couldn't follow God. It just means you're, you're, you can't be king anymore. <laughs> Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, he acknowledged it, I have sinned, I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words because, watch, why? Let's say it together, I feared the people. And I'll listen to their voice. You know, most of the time when we have difficulty with humbling ourselves, it really isn't us as adults anymore. Like most of us, I think we want to obey God. God, whatever you want. It's like when we were in Bible school, man. It was this prayer that everybody did, except, you know, you, you, until you realized what you were saying. You pray this thing, man. They get y'all fired up in Bible school. You got to understand how it is. I mean, gets these fiery preachers up there getting close to graduation. I mean, these guys can preach. Like think Bishop Jake's time out oh, wow, there one day. That's God. They just you know, wow. I mean, it's, it's loud. That's fine. He don't need a microphone. This brother is charismatic all the way. He just, you know, gets up and stands says, oh, Lord. And he's got the order behind him. Dun, dun. I mean, you're like, wherever you want, Lord, I'll do it. I mean, because the organ's playing, the brother's preaching and sweating. And it's just like, man, it's on. And we all pray stuff like, God, wherever you want us to go, I'll go anywhere. But when you get older, you start changing your prayer a little bit. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just don't send me to fill in your blank. Don't send me to China, though, Lord, because, you know, they got no internet right now over there. You can't even get out of the house and go to get a coffee or whatever. God, don't send me. I'll, let, me just do what, let me just do this. We start doing not. We start saying, well, not God. You know, I know. But. I mean, I know. But. And many times it's because we're afraid of people. What will they think? What will they think if I were to start serving in the church? What will they think? I used to play music in the bar. What will they think if I'm allowed to play music at church? What will they think of me? What if I pray over my meal at work and they see me? What if I go to the school because the teacher is not a believer? They're a secularist, a humanist, and a philosophical nightmare. And they've given these children, these impressionable little children, books on something that you totally disagree with and your faith does not allow. What if I go up there and I'm the only one and I say, My kid can't read this book? Well, why can't they read this? And they get all fiery and you have to say, I'm sorry. But my child's not going to read this book. They're not going to be a part of this conversation. What will people, what will people think? It, isn't it true? That's what we start, really, we wrestle with this. What are they going to think? And it used to be like when I was like 20, this song came out. I don't know why, it just comes to my mind. I'm sorry. I, I said you're AD, I know I am. Okay, please, I don't need a diagnosis. I know Believe me, my wife has told me, my kids, I know, okay? But I can be extremely focused though. So it's just, sometimes when I'm speaking stuff, just comes to my head, so I don't to say it. So about 20 years ago, this song came out, maybe a little longer, but it was DC Talk. And it was called Jesus Freak. Now back then when they say Jesus Freak, it didn't mean nothing bad, just means it's some Jesus Freak. You say Freak now, that's something different. Back then it didn't mean the same thing. But the t- the song, it was a jamming song, rock song. I've never heard it. Go check it out. I mean, for a Christian song, all the all the Christians were freaking out because oh, they're playing with electric guitars, oh, passing out. Man, I loved it. For somebody growing up on rock and roll, I was like, finally, somebody besides no offense, Michael W. Smith. Okay, finally somebody. I mean, I was like, yes, this is awesome. And they were singing. What will people think when they call me Jesus, Frank? I mean, man, me and my buddies were like, yeah, what? it was great. I never had long hair, but if I had, I would have rocked out with that thing, man. <laughs> my hair was too thick. I couldn't do it. I tried it one time. I had to wear a baseball cap. I couldn't do it anyway. But the thing is, what are people going to think? And I ain't telling you to be crazy. I mean, what are they going to think about? That's what we wrestle with. What will they think? And watch this. I'm telling you, if, if we follow that too long, a couple of three things. I want you to watch what happens. This is what happened to Saul. If we worry so much about what people think, it's like Pharaoh. Number one, we hold on for way too long. Pharaoh was given ten opportunities to release Israel. You would have thought by the fifth one, that would have been enough. I mean, listen, snakes on the ground, I ain't into that anyway. I'm like, eh, I wouldn't have been there for that. Turn to the river to blood. I'm like, that's gross. I'm not medical. I don't, this stuff's disgusting. The snake would have been it for me. I don't need snakes. I'm, y'all go. Blood and stuff. I'm really, I'm out. But Pharaoh, this guy was, he just wouldn't humble himself. And I'm telling you, in Georgia, y'all know how if you just moved here and it's cold right now, you don't know what you got into. But next year when it comes summertime and it's about 80, 90% humidity and you go outside with a glass of sweet iced tea and you think it's fun and cool because you're in Georgia. But I'm telling you, gnats and mosquitoes, is it not true? You can go outside and there's not been a gnat or mosquito all day. You take a glass of sweet tea with ice in it to sit outside and they're all (laughs) everywhere. This brother, when those gnats showed up, he obviously hadn't been in enjoy- Georgia. Egyptian gnats must be different than Georgia gnats. Because I'm telling you, when that junk showed up and lice and whatever else, man, what's wrong with this guy? Tell you, he held on too long. And I'm telling you, pride will cause you to hold on too. What will they think? I better keep doing this because what will they think? Well, what would God think? Number two, it's all because of fear of people. Everything I'm telling you right is just fear of people. We compromise. Well, because watch, I'm just going to be real with y'all this morning. Well, I I don't want to talk about the human sexuality or gender thing because that's a hot topic. And I'll just kind of compromise a little and just say, well, you know, I don't know what the Bible says really about, you know, this and that and the other. So I'm just going to, you know, when they ask you point, point blank. Yeah, but I know, Pastor Jody, you don't understand what it's like. It's a pretty hot topic. now. I know it is. You don't think I've taken heat for it? You don't think people have sent me letters? Because I said marriage between a man and a woman? Because I said homosexuality's wrong? Because I said all these things this year have been talking about it? Because it's been so in our face? You don't think I've had criticism? Man, I've had stuff come in the mail to me. I've had calls and you just don't know. Yeah, I get it. And I'm not asking you to stand up with a bullhorn and go around and act like some crazy person. I'm just saying, if someone asks you, do you believe that marriage is between a man and a woman? Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. Well, I can't believe you would say that. And then there they go. Well, hey, listen. You ask me. So I just, I'm telling you, yes, this is what I believe. Now, we don't have to get upset. I just Let's just talk about it. You'll have to be calm and cool, but I'm telling you, the compromising, pride will cause you to compromise. And what I mean by that, you compromise so that you can have gain. See, if I compromise, I can keep them as a friend. If I compromise, I won't get flaked for it at work. If I compromise, nobody will know. But David compromised. David was known as one of the greatest worshipers of all time, one of the greatest fighters of all time. But David compromised when he was supposed to be out on the battlefield with his men, watching over what he was called to do. He stayed behind because he, was to get, he had the gain. He compromised. He was supposed to do what God called him to do. He stayed behind at the house. Maybe he's checking out some stuff on TV. I don't know what he was doing. But all of a sudden, he gets up on the rooftop. I guess he's going to sunbathe or I don't know what David would do. Maybe having a little nice beverage. And all of a sudden, he looks over the thing and sees this gal. Now, guys, listen, I'm going to tell you, it wasn't the first time he saw her. He didn't fall because of the first look. You don't think he stayed behind on purpose? He saw that gal a couple of months back. And he was checking her out over the rooftop. And when it was time to go to war, he said, now, listen, Uriah, her husband, you, you go on out there with him and you lead them all, and you do all this stuff, I'm going to hang out back. I trust y'all. I'm going to stay back here. I, y'all need me. He compromised. And it cost him greatly. Never, let me tell you something, guys. Listen. We think because if we compromise, that somehow we will appease people, and therefore we will not get the pressure back. I'm going to tell you something. First of all, when you compromise, you no longer have the Holy Spirit with you on it. Now you're on your own. And when you you never gain by con, you lose. Every every single time I've tried to, okay, all right, I get it. You're upset. Okay, I'll let you keep doing this at the church. Okay, you're upset. Okay, it's burned me every single time. Okay, well, let's see if we can work it out, you know, every single time. Because you can never satisfy someone who is unwilling to meet you halfway. They just want, if you give them this, that's that's good. That's what, now they want more. You give them that now, they want more. Give them more now, they want more. It's never enough. If you compromise I'm telling you, you're on your own. You don't have the Holy Spirit, and it's all because of fear. And the last one, I'm wrapping up with this. The last one is this. Pride will cause you to give in. First of all, you'll hold on to stuff longer than you should. Because pride, because what are they going to think if I don't do this anymore? What are they going to think if I don't do that anymore? What will they think if I'm not of that anymore? What will they think if I change careers? What will they think of... Y'all hear what I'm saying? You hold on too long, man. Or it'll cause you to compromise, man. If I boy, if I, tsk, I hate to be too, I don't want to be a Jesus freak like Pastor said. <laughs> we rocking out. I hate to give. If I compromise, maybe they'll be nice. They won't. And the last one, because you're afraid of people, you give in. You give in. And that's the worst. I'm telling you, it's the worst one. I've done it a few times. And when I say you get burned by this stuff, I mean, if you give in to someone's demands, it never, ever, not ever, not one time, have they been the mature person to say, thank you. I appreciate you doing that for me. And I'm glad we could figure this out. Not one time. It's always been an issue where when I would give in, it always came back to hurt me. And I mean give in about anything. You talk about the virgin birth. You you post something on social media so simple as this. You posted, so excited for Christmas this year. I'm praying that every one of you have a glorious Christmas. That Christ might be glorified this year in your home. You post that. And here comes the little trolls. Uh, you can't say Christmas anymore. Well, that wouldn't even been and they just get on thing. And before you know it, you take it down because why? You give in. What's wrong with saying May Christ be glorified? It is Christmas, Christ. And I refuse. I know it's great, but I refuse. They tell me at the Target Happy Holiday. I say no, Merry Christmas. My Haley, she goes she gets so excited. Leave her alone. Get out. Of get out of the door. Get out. Man, I'm like, I'm calm about it, but I was Merry Christmas. I will never tell you Happy Holidays. I hate that word. It is so simple. I know it's simple, but Haley's told me, she said, You don't want the ba- It's Holy Days. Happy Holy Days. And I understand that. But the point is, behind it is, they just don't want to say Christmas. And that's why. So for me, I just, it's just my personal thing. I won't do it to tell you to make you do it. But for me, if I go through the Walmart and you're behind me and they tell me Happy Holidays, I say, Merry Christmas! I don't even say Happy New Year. I don't even give them that. That's Merry Christmas. That's all. You don't have to give in. That's my point. Don't be angry, Christians, but don't give in to the truth. What the truth? Don't give in to the lies. So as we close with today, the verse that is quoted so much, people say about. Remember, we start out with a child. Jesus said, "You got to be like a child." So we have to humble ourselves. He's not going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. People say this, the scripture, they say this all the time. It's always misquoted. People say pride goes before the fall. That is not what the Bible says. That's not the Bible verse. I'm going to show it to you. I'm hoping it'll it'll pull up for you. But Proverbs 16, 18, this is what the scripture actually says. Pride goes before destruction. Do y'all hear that word? Destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. That means before the fall. We fall and we stumble when we have a haughty spirit, but we have destruction when we fall into pride. It is better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So today, my my last thoughts I want to leave you with is simply this. Am I willing to follow Jesus? Like all in. All in. Am I willing to trust him when things seem so fearful? And am I still willing to believe that his word is still true in this culture? I'm not talking about being angry Christians. I'm talking about straight up being real right now. Not giving in, not compromising, not holding on. We pray these prayers, we sing these songs, and I'm just telling you, Sometimes you got to be reminded this year. I'm just saying for me, maybe. I don't know. Maybe just me. Man, listen, it comes at you enough. You're like, okay, I'll just leave this alone. Goodness, they just. Now, that's when we ought to stand up more. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Don't be a weird, angry Christian with a bullhorn on the side of the road. (laughs) Don't be doing that. People don't like that. Even Christians think you're weird. Don't do it. Be normal, but don't give in. Don't compromise, and don't hold on to stuff that you know you don't need to hold on to anymore. So this morning, as I pray for you, I want you to consider those things this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help us today. Every one of us in this room, Lord, would you help us to be humble? God, we know that we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of a God that you might exalt us in due time. But Lord, I know that, God, we need your spirit to do this. And so I pray in the name of Jesus, everybody in this room, that, Lord, you would empower them by your Holy Spirit to hear the word of the Lord and hear the voice of God and to humble themselves. Lord, to hear your word, to say, God, I'm not going to give in to this. I'm not going to be rude or angry, but I'm not giving in. I'm not going to be some halfway, half-stepping Christian. I'm all in 100%. And whatever that means, Lord, I'm in. So in Jesus' name, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you empower your people in this church again? Would you give us the strength again? Would you remind us, Lord, that you are the one that goes before us and you are also behind us, God? You illuminate our ways. You light our paths. And, God, you help us in situations that we think we cannot do our on our own. You step in and you give us the strength, Lord. I thank you for that today. And I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, God, I pray right now that they would yield their lives to you. So while your eyes are closed and no one's looking around, just for a moment. If you're here, or you're watching online on broadcast with us right now. You say, I don't know Jesus. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm asking you to do something right now that might seem counterculture completely. And that is to give your life to Jesus. In order to do that, it's a very simple thing. He says, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's a very simple prayer. But if it's in your heart right now to come to Christ, I want you to pray this prayer with me. This whole church will pray. You won't be by yourself. I'll lead you in a prayer right now. Pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart and I surrender everything. I make you the Lord of my life. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you, church. Right? Give me a hand, would you? <clears throat> would you give him a hand? If you pray that prayer on the screens right now, well, maybe. It says connect.cornerstone.com. Sorry for the tech stuff today, guys. We Something's wrong with the system, I think. But connect.cornerstone.com. You can go there and fill out anything you need to, but especially if you pray the prayer to receive Christ, let us know. We'll help you get started walking with Christ and get some materials that you need. Hey, man, do me one more favor real quick. Will you welcome Gary Majestic up here to the platform right now? Thanks, brother. Thank you, man. Hey, and one more thing. Will you will you give all those guys the back, the tech team right now? Man, they got here at 8 this morning. Come on, give them some love right now. They're doing some crazy stuff today. We don't know what it was, but thank you guys so much. They're the best. These guys are awesome, man. Thank you, guys.
1: I always say, sometimes there's some gremlins that are running around in here, messing up some of the sound and electronics and everything. Our prayer team's going to come up front right now. If uh, you're one of those folks today, it was the very first time you accepted the Lord as your Savior, come on up and tell one of these folks up here. They'd like to pray with you. You know, I'm proud to uh, have a pastor who is not afraid to boldly proclaim the Word and to stand for something and not compromise, because that doesn't happen everywhere. And I'm proud to be part of a church that stands for something and not just always against something. So um, be proud of that today. Just want to thank you for your giving. remind you there's a lot of different ways. If you want to give, we're going to find a way to take your money, okay? Um, I promise that. There's boxes in the back back here. You can drop it in back there if you want to give online. Uh, You can use your phone. You can text to give. Uh, you can set up regular um, withdrawals out of your—you can do it every day if you want, um, out of your checking account um, to pay your tithe that way. But just thank you for your generosity. A pastor said uh, this morning earlier that you guys support so much. That food that we give out at Thanksgiving and Christmas is because of what you guys give. So take that opportunity to, to sign up for that. If you haven't done that, especially if you have kids, take your kids with you when you deliver that food. They're going to be amazed. Um, by what happens on that day, how appreciative people are of that. So, um, what well, last thing is uh, decorating for Christmas next weekend. So, there's a sign up sheet out at the information desk. I uh, need volunteers to come in and set up all the Christmas decorations, all those trees, and everything else. So, if you enjoy doing that, come out. Even if you don't enjoy doing it, um, come out as well. We need a lot of hands helping, okay? So, I'm going to send you off with the, the blessing out of numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. And have a great week. Stand for something this week.
0: If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.